Hello and good morning, good afternoon, whatever day it might be that you are listening to this. Welcome to Michigan Business Talk. My name is Mike Doctor. This is part one of my interview with Phil Klein and Noah Rates from PKIG. Great interview. Awesome, awesome time. Super great. Super glad and, and grateful to have them on the show. Wealth of knowledge, both of these guys, and, and not only their industry, but also just life and business in general. And it was a super fun conversation. The reason it's being split into two parts is because we talk too long and the system can't host the whole file. So I'm splitting into two parts. This is part one. Take a listen. I know you guys are going to like it. Part two is right behind. I'm posting them both at the same time for you guys. So take a listen, rate us, reach out to us, connect with us, let us know what you want to hear. We're super excited to be able to continue to bring you guys great value. Again, this is Phil Klein and Noah Rates from Michigan Business Talk. Awesome. Welcome to Michigan Business Talk. My name is Mike Doctor, and uh, I'll tell you what, I am very, very excited about this episode. I've had some uh, some cool guests, but this is this is an episode we've been trying to get on the schedule for a little bit now. Sure. We've been trying to, to really go uh, um, and, and match everything up. And uh, I'm here with uh, Phil Klein from Phil Klein Insurance Group and my uh, good friend Noah Rates, uh, also from Phil Klein Insurance Group. And um, I'm excited to have you guys on to talk a little bit not just about your stories, because your stories are great. Um, I've known Noah for, for 15 or more years now, I think, um, and we've been good friends for a long time, so I know a lot of his story, and I'm excited for him to share that. And from what he tells me of your story, your story is fantastic. So I'm excited for the listeners to hear that as well. Fantastic. And um, so, so yeah, so again, um, CEO of Phil Klein Insurance Group, founder, owner. Yes. Uh, now, you, this is not your first insurance company is that correct that's correct we, okay uh, we started out as a state farm agency uh back uh 2008 which obviously in 2008 we started a scratch agency for state farm uh was if everybody remembers what hap was happening in 2008 it wasn't the best economic time to start, <laughs> your, to start a business so i always no. say if you could start a business in 2008 you could do it at, at any point in time yeah. but yeah we were a captive state farm agency for about three years, 2008 to 2011. Mm -hmm. And then in 2011, we decided that being captive, which State Farm is, meaning they can only represent them, you can only represent State Farm. Sure. Uh, being captive was just uh, gonna be a little bit troublesome uh, for future growth. So we decided to break away from State Farm and open up our own agency. Uh, and that's how Phil Klein Insurance Group, or PKIG as we're now known, um, was founded. Awesome. Um, we decided that it was just a better option for our clients. Sure. Sure. And now, Noah, um, tell a little bit, I guess, about your background in insurance, because you've worked on both sides of that coin, too. Right. As both, you know, you've, you've been in this world for quite a long time. Um, and so with your experience, you know, working with those two different types of insurance policies and, and maybe a lot of people don't really understand what that means. You know, if you can only offer State Farm, you know, sure. what, what really, I guess, is the difference between those two things to somebody who doesn't really think about it and just knows that their auto insurance or their business insurance gets deducted once every six months or monthly or whatever else it is. Right. <laughs> right. So what, so talk a little bit, explain that if you could, so people just sort of know, you know, what, what the difference in insurance options are, because some people might not know and might not know how important it is. Right. Sure. So like, get most, a little closer to that sure. mic if you could too. Um, 
not everything's the same in the insurance world. Okay. And you know, I've been in the business 15 plus years. Did work for uh, some captive agents before. And what I found out really was that you really can't help your client. You really can't help them with their specific risks. You can't really manage their risk properly mm-hmm. because you just have one source to go to. Okay. So it's like, you know, trying to fit that peg in a circle. That, mm-hmm. that, that's all that, that's all you're getting. You call a captive agent for a quote. You're going to ask, get asked me five or six questions. That's it. Okay, boom. You're going to get some sure. numbers thrown at you. Usually those numbers don't equate to adequate coverage because really in my experience, they're just basically slanging policies. They're, they're, just, they're just trying <laughs> to, which that's fine. They're just sure. trying to make their living. But on the independent side, it's more of a counselor advisory role. Uh-huh. It's more of, of, of we're in a better position because we're not trying to fit that pig in a circle. We're actually assessing yeah. the need. We're actually we're acknowledging that you know there is risk, there's exposures here, which by the way, you buy insurance to protect your assets. You, you buy insurance to um, make sure that the companies are gonna mm-hmm. be paying those claims instead of out of your pocket. And so I always tell people, if, if I don't know anything about you, then how can I properly manage your risk? Sure. And we're gonna get comprehensive here. We're gonna talk about, you know, this is why I'm asking you these questions. Sure. It's because I need to know you. I need to know your family. I need to know what, what you're driving around, what you're living in. I need to you know, find these things out so then I can properly give you something that's gonna protect your assets and do a loss. Now, as far as like the, the, the biggest difference, I think from the independent side versus the captive side, is who you're working for too, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure there's a lot of great you know, captive agencies out there but I haven't found one that is as well run as this one. Sure. And I think, and it's a testament to to Phil, really, obviously, because he's the one that started it. But this office is not. There's not a bunch of new agents in here, right? They're just trying to learn the business. Mm-hmm. All of us in here are seasoned veterans. Um, I mean, we're professional risk managers. We have a ton of experience combined in this office. We have a lot of experience, and with experience comes. Uh, you're in a better position to counsel somebody because you've already seen things. You've already been through things like most things. You've you've heard the story before. And I think there's, um, I mean, State Farm does great with their marketing on that, (laughs) you know, too. And, 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 you know, there's, and there's so much that you guys just said there. And, and I guess, Phil, I'd be interested in knowing why from, from an owner standpoint, owner operator standpoint. And I have to imagine, because my wife and I do renovations in Detroit, I have to imagine that it's something similar to like if I only had a hammer and then tried to build a house with only a hammer, sure. you know, that would be a, a hey, you can have State Farm coverage, right? Sure. Or if you have multiple different options, because I used to have MEMIC insurance. Full disclosure, Noah is my insurance agent. He helped me transition from there. We've been trying to work together for a long time, <laughs> right? And, no. we ha- and honestly, we haven't been able to figure out a way to be able to get me away from Mimic until he got here. Sure. And so um, that's a cool testament, I think, to you guys because they're kind of known as you know yeah. the, the mafia of, of, <laughs> of insurance and keeping things really tight and good sure. for, their, for their members. But from your perspective as an owner, what was the reason you wanted to transition, not just, you know, obviously you can be more customer centric, but also setting up your employees for to have a better chance of success. Like maybe talk about that thought process a little bit with your well, decisions. Well, sure. And you know, going back to what Noah just said, being uh, State Farm is a great company. Of uh, course. And Captive 
uh, versus an independent. If you want to know what the difference between captive and independent, obviously just the, if the raw captive is they just represent the, that one particular company where we're an independent where we represent somewhere between 25 and 30 different carriers. Hmm. And what that does is it allows us to customize more of a policy for you. W the way I equate it to is if you walked into, let's say, a shoe store and yep. you found a nice pair of shoes and you said, hey, I'm a size 11, and they said, hey, we have a really nice pair of shoes that's a size 9, you're sure. Hey, but I'm a size 11, and then they come back to you and say, "But we really have a really nice pair of size nines." Um, you might say, "Well, that doesn't help me because I'm a size 11." Right. And that's the kind of the analogy I would use captive to the, to the independent world. Mm -hmm. They really have one policy that they can they can produce for different for almost every one of their clients. Sure. Where we have the opportunity to kind of really go deep with our clients, really take get the time to know. We like to say we manage risk for a very select few clientele, mm -hmm. and really get to know them and really at that point get to really tailor make a policy that fits your needs. Uh, because like anything, like a fingerprint that you have, your your fingerprint or your insurance needs are different from mine, different from Noah's, different from the guy up the street or yeah. the woman up the street. And so, uh, and everybody, let's just face facts, uh, everybody hates paying for insurance until they, <laughs> <laughs> until, until, they have a claim. In, until they have a claim right. and then they want to make sure that they have the best coverage possible. Yeah. And what, like, what we say is come claim time is really not the time to find out whether or not your coverage is adequate. You yes. really need to find out and really need to go deep with your clients beforehand and find out that you're actually managing the risks that they have for sure so that when a claim does occur, they actually have adequate coverage. Hmm. And one of the things that you just asked me, which is why um, you know, what's the difference between captive and independent as far as from the agent's perspective is we are really looking for career-minded individuals. We're really looking for people that really want to have a career in the insurance business. One of the big things that you have in the insurance business, um, the way, you, you know, the way that um, an agent actually sustains their career mm -hmm. is bu building a client base and then keeping that client base over the course of time. Right. Instead of being what we would call a hamster on a wheel and every single year trying to replace right. every client that you have, you're trying to build that long term relationship with a client. Being a captive, you're really beholden to whatever price or whatever um, policy they put out year over year. And at the end of the year, if your price goes up by 10, 15 or 20 percent, you might say to Noah, hey, Noah, I really like you as my agent. Sure. But the pricing or the policy is not adequate for me at this moment or it's mm -hmm. a little bit. Whereas now Noah, based on what he has, he has the opportunity to say, okay, well, I've built a great relationship with you. You like me as your agent. You think that I do a great job. I've managed your risk. I've, I've done everything I should. Mm -hmm. At the end of the year, you know, whatever carrier I have we with, whether that be AAA, Citizens, you know, uh, Liberty Mutual, Safeco, Hartford, right. Travel, if their pricing or their policy changes over the course of a, you know, a year or two years or three years, you still have the opportunity for to keep your business with me, Phil, or Noah as your agent, who's done a great job with you, by moving your carrier. And mm -hmm. so we have the opportunity to kind of move you, which in turn for Noah gives him the op the ability to really try to go deep with his clients, build a relationship, and then understand that if in the event something happens, he has the ability to change their policy to a different carrier to keep them as a client. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. That's that's got to be huge. So you guys would definitely say that you're able to be more customer centric than. Oh, without a doubt. Than say just any given insurance company that that you. That I mean, look, um, I like to say if you took a, uh, a drew a five mile circle around yeah. my office, there's quite a few insurance agencies sure. that you'd come across. We're not unique in the fact that we're the only insurance company out there. So what really do truly does separate the one insurance company from another 
is one, their level of customer service, mm -hmm. and two, the level of uh, ability to customize the policy for you. Got it. Uh, and that, as an independent, gives us a much bigger advantage over what I would say uh, the captive State Farm, Allstate, uh, Farm Bureau, things mm -hmm. like that. Like I said, great companies. Sure. Uh, and they are big for a reason. Yeah. Um, but they are limited in what they can offer you as an individual. They kind of offer you the same thing as they offer every single other person. Right, right. So, Noah, talk about, I guess, how you feel you can operate better as an agent in an environment like that. Because I've, I've known your career through a variety of different agencies. And I don't know that I've ever known you to be as happy as you are working at this place here. And I'm not just saying that to make him look good in front of you. I honestly, I swear to God, Phil, I don't know. I don't know that he's ever been as happy. And, and I want to parlay this into um, personal growth and what you do for personal growth and sure. development, because I think that's huge. And, you know, I guess I just want to sort of see, you know, from your perspective, Noah, and you worked for some great people, right? Yeah. You did. And, sure. and I know those sure. individuals, too, on the west side of the state and on the east side of the state. Um, and so what, I guess, what's the difference for you as a high performing veteran in this world, right? What is, what is it about this environment that allows you to be the best version of yourself that you maybe didn't get elsewhere? Cause I think this is huge for anybody who's listening, who's running a business and, and working right now to try to grow that business, but you're stalled and, and you have some sort of, you have some sort of stagnation in your employee morale right and you have that and you can't figure out what it is right and most likely it's it's one or two little things but i think from from a perspective of somebody who is building their own thing in an entrepreneurial type of environment right you have your own book of business nobody hands you anything right, right? you do your own thing and and if you know if you don't if you don't produce, you don't eat. That's the way the world works in, in general and sure. in insurance, right? Absolutely. And so so talk a bit about how this environment and why this environment has helped you be able to really grow more so than you have at some of your other uh, places. The first and foremost is the support. Okay. What do you mean uh, by the support? I mean, there's, there's a ton of support as an agent that's okay. building his own book of business. I don't have to worry about coming into office without getting the support. And I'm talking about financial support. I'm talking about, you know, support when I want to make a decision on a file or the, when it comes to a servicing the file. We have a great service team here that takes care of those things. I'm confident in all those people. Mm -hmm. it, it, it really takes a lot of pressure off me as a producer to not have to worry about, I'm going to work really hard to get this client, but now the agency is going to take care of them. I don't have to worry about that. Where other places that I've worked, I, I had to service that client. I had to make it was all on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a service team. I didn't have, uh, you know, the CEO of the company, the founder of the company, backing me up on decisions. Um, but here's here's one of the greatest things, and I, I've said this before, is Phil gives an he provides an environment to where you have to grow, mm -hmm. otherwise you won't. Period. And it's it's the right person that comes in and responds to that. That's going to make it instead of somebody that comes into that environment and reacts to it. I, the way I responded was, I love, I love the people mm -hmm. that work here. I love how they talk. I love how they act. I love, I love the fact that they know what they're doing, that mm -hmm. they're confident with what they're doing, and they're here to support me too. A guy that you know, just came off 
uh, coming from a captive company, yep. they were very, very welcome to, to me. And I've been in a lot of agencies where if you're the new guy, right, it's not that way, right? Because you're <laughs> right. almost like you're competing against each other. Yeah. And, but we compete against each other here too, but it, it's all for PKIG. It's all right. for, we operate, we have weekly meetings every week and we talk about as a group together on what we need to work on, what we need to grow in. Everything is, is, is a team, team environment. And mm. I, I said, you know, I said this to Lizzie that if, if somebody can't come in here and succeed, they're not going to succeed anywhere else. Mm. They just won't. It, it's not even it's not even that. It's 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 getting out of your comfort zone sometimes has to be forced on you. Yes, right? it does. Sometimes getting out of your comfort zone is hard to do, but when you realize that it's really not that bad and you have more in you, mm. a whole nother level of success appears. I feel like I'm pushed here to the point of, like, if I know I'm, if I don't have the numbers that I have, it's not anybody's fault. Sure. Like, I'm not going to blame the, the guy that owns the company or the people that work for me or the carrier that I'm, I'm working for. It's me. It, there's, Phil provides enough tools. He's always said he can provide the tools, but he can't build the house. Yep. And what, what he's done to, to make this business work is more than I've seen any other agent producer out there, any other principal out there. He really, truly does care about the people he works for, but he also doesn't let you off the hook. And being accountable is what we all need as salespeople. We mm -hmm. all we all need, I mean, just as a person in general, I think it's good to have somebody in your, in your corner that's gonna say, hey, you know, your zipper's down. <laughs> or, 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 right. so, or something like that. Right. But, but somebody that, that, can be, that can be very transparent and very honest you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and give you in the environment. I think the best way, and I'll, I'll, I'll end this with this, is that this opportunity has given me a chance to win. Mm. It's given me an opportunity to win. Where there's a lot of opportunities, quote unquote, out there, they're not set up for you to win. They're set up to make the other person win. And the way that I love this model is because it's all designed for my success. And mm -hmm. I can either accept that or reject it. I've embraced it. And when I feel like he's trying to get the extra yard out of me, it's not because of Phil, but what he wants is because he knows. Yeah. That that's how that's sure. how you get that extra mile out of somebody else. And then they realize, like, man, I had more in me than I did. I mean, for, I'll be 43 years old next month. Yeah. Been doing this for a long time, and yet sometimes I feel like I just started. Sure. I, start, I just started doing this. Right. He gets, he gets the most out of you, and he does it in a very, very, very loving way, but at the same time, it's for your betterment hmm. of your career. Um, and the, the team the team chemistry that I, I feel like we have here is bar none. I mean, all of us, you know, we're great friends. We work sure. hard. We play hard. Uh, I've just never been in an office where people just love being at their jobs. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's really how <laughs> right. it is. I mean, it's already past 6 o'clock, and I guarantee you there's somebody out there on the phone. Yeah. You know, just, just, just feeling that pull that he provides – but at the end of the day, like I go home at eight, nine o'clock at night and I know that I did everything I could that day. And then when I come in tomorrow, he's gonna say, no, you didn't. And it's gonna make me go another level. Hmm. That's, that's really an art. That's it, really, it is. It's a testimony to him yeah. because he understands people. He understands what motivates them. He, he understands how to get that out of them. And by the way, when that happens, all of us benefit from it. We all grow. So, and that's, that's amazing and that's huge. And I'm glad to hear you say that. And it, that spawns so many different topics of conversation, just in, <laughs> in yeah. what you said right there. But I guess just to start, Phil, like when you first set out on 
the, you know, hey, I'm going to start my own company. Because I think a lot of top performing agents, people who, people who can sell think they can run a company. Sure. And that's not always the case. And I'm sure you know, is there's a lot of other things that go into running a company. Revenues, money is one of the four pillars that you need. But in the same respect, there's the there's the environment that you need to create. There's the culture that you need to foster. Tell me about that journey. Tell me about what I mean, was it, you know, when you first started, you envisioned this as your you know, perfect corporate culture or did it evolve with you as you were going through the, the game? Like how, how did, how did you get to this point here with your company well, to, to where somebody can, cause you've been here for a year, just under a year, just under a year. Right. And you've been in the business for 20 years. And I've never heard you say that about any other place that you work. And that's, yeah. and that's a huge thing. And yeah. so I, tell me about that process. Cause I think no matter what industry somebody's in, those are keys, nuggets, and secrets that people need to have. Sure, and I was fortunate enough, without naming the company, when I, in a former, before I got into my own business uh, a couple of companies ago, to work for a really good company that um, culture was one of the, the things I took away from it. Um, sure. One of the things I like to say, or and it's not my, it was actually the CEO of this uh, company that I worked for, is that money doesn't lead, it follows. Hmm. Um, you know, if you're only about the money and you're only about how am I going to enrich myself, it's not going to work. Money has to follow, it doesn't lead. And so what I like to impart is what I would call servant leadership. Mm -hmm. um, you know. I am here to serve the agents. The agents aren't here to serve me as the owner of the business. They're not here to serve me. If they are successful, if they uh, in turn reach their goals and objectives, and I give them the proper tools to do that, then everybody's gonna win. In the end, I'm going to win. So when I first set out to start the company, culture was one of the things that I really decided that I was gonna focus heavily on. Not the money that I was making, not whatever it is, uh, because I can tell you for the first few years I did open up this company, I did not make any money. Yeah, it wasn't a money. Uh, it wasn't a money uh, in my direction. It was only money right. going out, and I had to invest. And I think one of the things that people get into when they um, get into a business is they just think, okay, I'm going to hire these employees. The employees are going to help me make money, <laughs> and therefore I'm going to then pay all my bills and do all my things and right. write all the time. And that, I, in an ideal world, that actually is great. Yeah. However, that's not the way to build a long, sustainable company. I believe strongly in yeah. culture first, setting them up for success. As Noah said, I give them the tools. I cannot build the house. And my job, from my background, I came in um, – and I went to the University of Michigan. Yep. I wrestled. Go Blue. The, yep, Go Blue. I was going to uh, bring that up, too. I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. Go Blue. Uh, that's right. Um, you know, very I clear on that, by the very way. Clear. Very, very clear. Um, and um, I think being in, in wrestling, I got a lot of unbelievable coaching. Yeah. And I learned really quickly, uh, like anything, throughout the course of my career, from grade school through middle school through high school through college, um, there were some coaches that I that I – gravitated towards that were got the best out of me who did the different things and some coaches that did not mm -hmm. um, so I learned really quickly about what I thought was a good coach mm -hmm. and I took that mentality to the insurance world which is hey I'm just a coach I'm the CEO I'm the, I'm the person that they're gonna look up to I'm also the person that has to uh, the responsibility for making all the pieces come together but I, I'm not here for them to serve me I'm here to coach them to be better than what they were yesterday mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to try to do is push them to the edge and then just a little bit further because that's right. really the only way that you grow in, yeah. in the end. 
Um, and I take pride in the fact that, you know, we have uh, 20 people up here and they feed their families. They, sure. they, they feed their kids. They, it's they a big send, deal, man. They, it's a big responsibility yeah. each and every uh, every other Friday <laughs> to, <laughs> to make sure that the uh, the uh, paycheck is in that uh, bank account. But I take pride in that, and it's not something I take lightly. And and I really take a lot of uh, pride and happiness in the fact that when you know my agents um, come to me and they say I've made more money or I've done more things or I've grown more professionally than I have ever in the last six months that I did in the last three or four or five years mm -hmm. working for somebody else. That really is what I'm after. Um, I'm looking for those people that really can understand what their strengths and weaknesses are and really hone in on their strengths and let me help you overcome those weaknesses. Some weaknesses you can't overcome. Some weaknesses yeah. are just going to be there as a salesperson, as a, an employee, as a person. But that doesn't mean that you can't be successful. So you got to try to make sure that you take the strengths and weaknesses and try to get the best out of everybody. And the one thing that I think that we understand here more than every, any place or at least in the insurance world is everybody is different. What, what success looks like for Noah is different than what looks like for some of our other uh, agents here. Mm -hmm. um, and some of his strengths are some of the other weaknesses. His weaknesses are some of the other people's strengths. Mm -hmm. And you really have to, just like being captive versus independent, you really have to tailor make um, a process and a business plan for each individual agent to say, here's what this agent needs going forward to make sure that they're successful. And I look at it as like kind of like a puzzle. Sure. And I really, um, and you know, if you ever put together a puzzle, each puzzle is a little different. Yeah. Sometimes what works in one doesn't work in the other. And yeah. That's what you have to kind of do with each individual. But I can't stress enough that anybody or any entrepreneur that's looking to grow an insurance business or any other type of business, culture is literally, I think, one of the most important features, obviously, besides getting business itself. Right. Setting up the proper culture, making sure, you know, I think we've all been in those environments where they're toxic, Mm -hmm. where you just when you wake up and you're you know you're in bed in the morning and your eyes open and you're just like oh, I gotta go to work or you know I gotta do this I, I I've told all my agents period if that ever occurs here that's the day I would tell you be honest with me and let's 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 figure something else out for you uh, whether it's here or somewhere else um, I want my agents if they have to come here I want them to be excited to come to work each and every single day I want them to want to be better than they were yesterday. I want them to do right by themselves, right by the company, right by our carriers, mm -hmm. uh, and really grow as an, a career, right? We're, uh, we're not a nonprofit organization, let's just be <laughs> No <right>. businesses. No <laughs> businesses. You know, uh, we're not a nonprofit organization. Uh, Noah doesn't come here every single day for, the, for just purely wants her. He needs, he, we're here yeah. to make some money, and we're, Absolutely. Here, and we're here to do certain things. But I feel like doing right by the clients making sure that they're covered properly, making sure it's a win for them, we're gonna win in the end. Mm -hmm. That's just a win for us in the end. If the client is, if there's a win for the client, there's a win for the carriers that we put them with, and there's a win for our agency, that's great. If one of those entities is losing, it's really not a win. So w what we truly try to do is really try to tailor make a policy for our clients, make sure they win, make sure they're paying, understand what they're paying for, mm -hmm. and making sure in the event that there's a loss that we're gonna restore them the pre-loss conditions. And at the same time, Obviously, we're making money and building long-term relationships and building uh, income over the you know the life of, of a client. Right, and th and that's awesome. And and I think when you if you can blend all of those things, I mean that's the ideal, right? Sure. So and I wanna I guess I wanna transition back a little bit to um, and just hit on the wrestling and the team sports and 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 wrestling in particular. I didn't wrestle, but I studied Aikido, which okay. is a movement type of grappling art, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I'm curious how some of the lessons you learned about when shit's hitting the fan mm -hmm. transitions into your daily life here now, right? Sure. Because wrestling in general is not an easy sport to do. I think it's the most and, difficult sport out there. Yeah, and collegiate wrestling, I can't even imagine the level that you need to, to especially at a place like University of Michigan, yeah. right? To the, the performance that you, the, the output that you need to have. But, but to that point, there's going to be times where you're you're punched in the face and things suck and you know and like mike tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face right exactly. and so and so with the more because you're a high performing agency you're a high level agency this is not a fit for everybody absolutely not. right so when there's those crucial crucial conversations that need to happen because they do probably every single day in some way shape or form how do you approach those and and what lessons have you learned from your own struggles to help other people figure out hey can you get through this or do you really need to to do we need to think about a different option like what are some of the things that you can relate that people you know don't even think that they're learning probably should pay attention to throughout the course of their career yeah you know the thing that wrestling taught me to go back to the beginning part of your question uh, the thing that wrestling taught me is wrestling is a sport where even though it's a team sport, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the University of Michigan is a wrestling team or my yeah. high school is a wrestling team. It is when you go out on the mat, you're performing as an individual. Yes. And there's no days or, or bad days. If you have a bad day, you're going <laughs> to lose. Yep. Um, you know, in basketball uh, or some other team sports, if you're not having a good day and you can pass the ball to somebody else or somebody else is a hot shooter yep. at that point. Contribute or in some other way. Contribute yeah. in some other way. Whereas in wrestling, when you step out on the mat, it's just you against one other person. So one of the things it taught me was you've got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. There's nobody here that's going to help you. Once you step on that <laughs> mat, there's nobody here that's going to help you. And so some of those those attributes and some of those qualities I tried to take to my to my uh, you know my business career. Yeah. You know, starting a business uh, in 2008 or nine or ten when I did these yeah. things wasn't for the faint of heart. There was there was obstacles <laughs> sure. every single day. And some, one of the reasons, one of the things I like to, to say, that people ask me, how sometimes did you become so successful in this insurance side? And sometimes I like to just say, I was too stupid to know I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, and and, and it's, it's a flippant uh, type of uh, you know, yeah. statement, but it's, it's actually the truth. You know, obstacles come each and every day. And I feel yeah. like the way, I feel like um, what wrestling taught me was you have to be mentally strong. Mm. Like anything, uh, you know, there's certain things every single solitary day that get thrown at me that in any one of those could derail my entire day. Sure. Or, or my week or my month or the year or derail Noah's day. Yep. Week, mother. And you have to try to become mentally strong in the fact that there's in sales or any type of business, Mm -hmm. there's going to be more negative than positive most mm -hmm. of the time, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, you know, if you can, uh, if there's 70% negative and 30% positive, that 30% positive can make you rich. <laughs> it sure can. And, <laughs> it and, sure can. And so I think it's a, it's how you approach each and every single solitary each huh. and every obstacle. I, I know it's cliche, but there are really no obstacles. They're just oppor unresolved opportunities. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not something I've made up. That's, that's the truth, but it really is. Yeah. And so what we try to do here is, is really try to push the envelope. You know, I think a lot of places that you go, um, you know, they're like, okay, here's your quota and you're either making the quota or you're not making the mm -hmm. quota. And mm -hmm. it's pretty cut and dry. Oh, you didn't make the quota this month. Whatever it is. I really try to take a deeper dive into it. There are some times that people make their quota and I think they did not have a great month. <laughs> 
And yeah. there are other months where people did not make their quota, and I think they had an outstanding month. Yeah. Um, I think it's a lot about activities and growth and what you're doing to get better as an agent and really taking into account we're here for a reason, um, just like any other sales environment. I feel like what I said before holds true. The money doesn't lead, it follows. Mm -hmm. So if Noah's here and he's only trying to, to really just make money, make money, make money, make money, which I know is an objective, well, sure. without taking into account what he's really trying to accomplish for the, the clients. Yes. I like to tell him, you know, you have to not sell the product, you have to sell the problem that you solve, mm. right? And mm -hmm. in our industry, what's the problem? Because insurance, let's face facts, is not sexy. Sure. You know, nobody goes home to their friend and be like, look at this great insurance <laughs> policy I just bought today. Uh, that doesn't really occur. Whereas if you go to Best Buy and you buy a TV, right. you're, you're, you're having people over for the game, you're like, look at this great TV I just yeah. bought, right? It's kind of, uh, so, so you really need to tell, you need to really go deep with that client and really understand what they're their, their needs are and really uh, let them understand what you're trying to provide, the problem that you're going to solve for mm -hmm. them um, and push yourself each and every single solitary day. And I think that mentality of, you know, even though it's a team environment, mm -hmm. right? We do operate as a team. However, Noah's paycheck isn't dependent on somebody else's paycheck, it's all, you know, and vice versa. Yeah. However, I'm, I'm, I've kind of fostered an environment here where even they're not, they're competing against each other, but at the same time, they both want to see, or three, they want to see themselves succeed because they yeah. know his success ultimately at the end of the day is the company's success, which in turn will help make them successful in whatever they're doing too. Yeah. So it's really a team environment. And that's, and that's awesome. And, you know, um, and again, Michigan Business Talk, thank you for joining us here with uh, Phil Klein and Noah Rates from PKIG, Phil Klein Insurance Group. And you might be out there listening and you might have heard the last 10 minutes and you might think, well, of course, this guy went to the University of Michigan probably got a wrestling scholarship he probably had every single opportunity under the sun of course it's easy for him to be able to bust through the 2008 to 2010 recession it's super simple so i want to transition over to noah and noah's uh noah's history is is a little bit different and didn't have that structure and and what i know about noah um is i know that noah has the exact same mentality that you have and I would like to use Noah as an example for everybody out there who may be thinking, well, if I don't have this or if I don't have that, I can never achieve this level of success. And quite honestly, that's just bullshit, 100 percent bullshit. And, um, you know, and, and I'd, I'd love some more conversation around that if, if you guys would tend to disagree. But no, I think you are a perfect example of somebody who maybe didn't have all the perfect opportunity coming up and the work ethic and understanding how to stay in your lane and do things the right way for the customer has helped you uh, has helped you achieve the level of success that you're at right now. So if you wouldn't mind, because I think everybody would like to know, tell a little bit, I guess, about your story uh, and your background and how you got to this point and, you know, maybe the, uh, focus a little bit on, on uh, some of the things that we were talking about. You did not go to the University of Michigan even no, though sir. you are a University of Michigan fan, and probably the biggest one I know outside of Phil now. And I am Korean, which was not, there was, it's not an automatic shoe-in. It's not, it's not, okay, <laughs> even if you play, yeah, right? So, so, uh, so, so you didn't go to the University of Michigan. Tell a little bit about your background and, and coming up and, yeah, and yeah. you know, the, the, the school that, mm -hmm. that you attended, for lack right. of a better term. Yeah, um, barely high school educated, barely okay. high school educated. And the one thing that I did know. Get a little closer to the mic for me. Yeah, one thing that I did know, I think, earlier on 
was that I wanted to be in business. I just didn't really know how to go about being in business without having to go to school to get into business. Mm-hmm. Um, and for myself, pretty much grew up in the restaurant business, as you know, a lot of a lot of people that did that didn't finish school. But really, it was just lost. I was just lost. Mm-hmm. I think like like the majority of people that are at that age when you're out of high school and you really just don't know what you want to do. But I want here's the thing: I wanted to be successful, but didn't even know what that meant. Hmm. I wanted to have money, didn't really know how much. Hmm. I wanted to have nice things. I wanted to do all these things. And it was one day I was walking through an airport. I remember, I don't know, I must have been 19 or 20 years old. And I saw a guy get off the airport, and he had a really nice suit on and a nice watch, briefcase, you know, cellular phone at that time. And I just said, that's what I want, that's what I want. I didn't even know what the guy did. Didn't even really understand any of that. Um, but all I knew is I wanted to be successful in business hmm. in some form or another. I, I stumbled across insurance, really. Um, I knew some people that were successful in it. I knew some people that made some pretty good money to what I thought was good money. But I really loved the aspect of creating residual income, you know, doing the work once, getting paid as long as that book renews. Mm-hmm. That intrigued me from the very beginning because most sales careers, January 1st, you're, you start all over, mm-hmm. right? you got to mm-hmm. go right back to zero. And I thought, doesn't it just make sense, this insurance thing, doesn't that just make sense? How, th- how could that not be lucrative as long as I did what it took? Mm-hmm. For a long time, I didn't do what it took. Hmm. Maybe there's a couple different reasons for that, but I think really where it originated was was I just didn't have an identity to hmm. myself. You know, long story short, I was adopted, grew up in foster care, grew up in the system. 18 yeah. years old, they pretty much opened the door and said, good luck. Sure. So I didn't really have an example. I didn't have a role model. I had really nothing that I could really mirror myself after, except for the guy at the airport that I knew nothing about. Right, this picture that could have been out of a magazine for for right, right, right. for anybody else's. Right, but there was, I think, something in me, and I think if you talk to a lot of people that have succeeded at any level, there's just some. There was something in me that I wanted to succeed, wanted to to do something that was almost impossible to me at that time. Mm-hmm. But once I started to really understand, and I think coming to this organization really helped me fine tune that, is the identity. Hmm. Is like, what really are you? And what do you do? You know, before I was just trying to sell something to somebody, to anybody that would, would take it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, feel like I was successful. Mm-hmm. Where now I've more evolved after all these years, I've evolved into a professional. I evolved into somebody who wasn't going to just take your order. I evolved into somebody who was going to actually manage your risks. And that was easier for me to actually have that identity after somebody that came along like Phil and taught me, mm-hmm. you are a professional. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just take somebody's order. You are really managing their risks. You, you are. You, think about how many people out there had suffered losses because they didn't have a professional. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 the, the amount, of, if you worked at a claims office or even sat in one and listened to those phone calls, you would know that the majority of people that have a bad experience come claim time is because they were working for a non-professional, period. That's all there is to it. And so I begin to have that identity because Phil has that identity. And I begin to adopt a lot of the same things that he says to people. And a lot of people know us. We say a lot of the same things because sure. it's true, number one. But number two, it, it makes people realize that, hey, this is just not a piece of paper, a note, and a promise. 
Yeah. Like this, this actually does mean something. I remember I had a client in Rockford, real quick story. They, I presented something to them and they did not want it because it was $200 more than what they were paying. I literally talked them into doing it because I understood the coverage. Two weeks later, they're on vacation, their house burned to the ground. Oh, come on. Their house burned. <laughs> they, they were on vacation when that happened. Wow. I get a phone call on a Sunday afternoon. Hey, our house burned down. Okay. You know what? I went back and I looked at the policy. And if I would not have pushed for the extra coverages, the adequate coverages, they may not have had their house rebuilt. Hmm. That you knew were necessary. That I knew were necessary. And I, that's the thing is I stood on the principle because I knew what I was telling them was 100% hmm. true. And I went back down on it. Two weeks after their house, by the way, they got to stay in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Insurance kind of picked the tab up. Because I made sure it was coverage there. Sure. They had their meals and, uh, reimbursed to them because the coverage was there. They didn't have any problems with it. Two weeks later, after they got back into their house, they, they called me out of the blue and invited me over for dinner. <laughs> I didn't make it a practice to, to accept those invites, but I did because of the situation. Sure. And I remember sitting at the kitchen table with this woman, and it, it was, she was literally in tears. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized really what I do. Yeah. And I kind of strayed away from that, leaving that organization because it wasn't that that's how I felt, but it wasn't how the agency owner really felt. Yeah. He just wanted me in the cubicle with the headset on my phone, dollar right. for dollars. None right. of that really mattered, right? But coming into this organization, I think about that story because what we tell people all the time here is just like he said, you, you that's the wrong time to find out. Oh, you, sure. You had, you had, Anyways, (laughs) long story short, and I tell people this, they give me objections on the phone. I tell them, you know what, Kathy, she didn't say I wasn't interested. She said, thank you. Mm. She said, thank you. So when I call somebody and I ask them, are you looking to reduce your premium without sacrificing coverage? And they say no, or I'm not interested. I said, let me tell you this really quick story. Because this person that I helped didn't say they weren't interested and they didn't say no, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just affirmation that what I do actually is what I deliver. Yeah. And what I deliver is what I do. It's just one constant thing.